0: It's kind of funny that we are, we, um, this series, the Lord put it on our heart. We knew that we wanted to talk about walking in the spirit because we've been talking about tuned in. We've talked about hearing God and naturally the next thing that happens after you hear God is, is well, you're supposed to walk in the spirit. And so we were coming up with names and we were praying and Jonas came up with the idea of, you know, this, this goes naturally. Let's, let's talk about walking in the spirit. We're like, yes, this is perfect. But we just couldn't come up with a name. And so I came up with a name in step. How awesome was that, right? They shot it down. They said, it sounds like a boy band. We are not doing in-steps. And then, and it ruined it for me. I was like, in-step? You know, we could have came in like with a little step, taught you all some rhythm, how to clap on beat during worship. I mean, it could have been, we could have like really went with it, but they, nope, they shot it down. And so then I kept coming up with different things, like stepping it up and step out and step this and step. And my husband was like, honey, over the last 11 years of ministry, you have had the name Step in so many sermon series. I'm like, no, and then he just started naming them over the last years, and I was like, oh my goodness, you're right. So the, together, the two of two of us, we were in the back room when we were praying. It was and just I can't remember everything that we were doing, uh, but uh, typically in the back room we pray and get our words together and stuff. And the kids were were gone that night and. I came, I I came across like, I don't know, I was like online, like Googling pictures and different things. And I came across this. I was like, babe. And of course, the lover of all things, board games was like, that is perfect. And and just look at that picture. He is taking him a step, a big old step. And I just, I, I that picture, I just thought is just so perfect because that is what God wants us to do. He wants us to hear his voice. And then he wants us to advance to go he wants us to take a step he wants us to move forward and so this sermon series we're talking about moving friends we've been talking about hearing for the last month now we're going to talk about moving because God wants us to advance the Bible says the kingdom of God forcefully advance and violent men take hold of it that means he's not looking for a bunch of sissies to sign up for the Lord's army right he is looking for some people who are ready to be about his business And that's why I love Vision Waterville right here, because you guys are ready to be about God's business. Because listen, being a part of a church plant is not easy. Being a part of, I'm going to write a book one day called Weird Church Plants, because that's all I know about is weird ones. Because we started Vision South Toledo in a really weird way. And Vision Waterville coming, our parent church being an inner city church that struggles financially. And we're like, okay, let's start another church. It's weird. It's like weird with an H. just weird. You know what I mean? And so, but I'm okay with that because the Bible says that we are peculiar people. And that is just a fancy way of saying weird, (laughs) y'all. And so God is not looking for sissies. He's looking for some people who are ready to say, oh, well, what people think about me. Oh, well, what the world thinks. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to advance the kingdom of God. And so you're in the right place if you're ready to move forward. How many of you guys desperately want to move forward in your relationship with God? Come on, somebody. And by the way, I'm gonna teach you guys. You can talk just a little bit, a little bit of interaction. It's okay. I know some of us were raised in really traditional churches. And if you spoke, it was like, shh, hush you're being disrespectful. But I promise you, we don't take it that way. As a matter of fact, we take it as encouraging. Now, I don't know if you can tell, but I was I was a cheerleader growing up and I kind of so much still feel like a little bit, sometimes I'm in worship and I just want to just like do a little kick and stuff. I just have to contain myself because y'all ain't ready for that yet. I got a little jump on today though, just a little bit. I'm like, y'all ain't ready for that. But one day, <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get there, so it's okay to be a little loose in the house of God. It's okay to interact. It's okay to participate. Okay, so let's participate today. And earlier, my fav- my my favorite little teen girls, I love them to pieces. I taught them. I was. I said, you know what? It's, it takes a little. Uh, it takes a little longer with some of us older folks. We've been a li- we've been a little you know set in our ways, but. Let's teach the young ones. So I was talking to my friend Maddie, and I said, you know, if I make a good point, this is the giveaway. If I think it's a good point, I usually do one of these numbers. I I always pause. I just can't help it because I'm like. And when I do that, what's supposed to happen, Maddie? Well, come on. Give it up for Maddie, everybody. We're gonna loosen you all up one way or another. God is good. So the foundational scripture of this series is found in Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. In other words, if he lives in you, let him direct you. Say direct. Direct you. Hmm. To walk in the Spirit is to follow the Spirit's leading. It's essentially walking with the Spirit. I love that. Not just walking in the Spirit, but walking with the Spirit of God, allowing Him to guide your steps and to conform your mind. So walking in the Spirit is essentially, it is a walk of obedience. Can you say obedience? Obedience. Any of you parents in here know that that is something that we have to teach our kids is to obey, not just to obey us, but to obey their authorities. Now, see, what's wrong with my generation especially is we teach our kids to maybe obey us, but we get mad when the coach tells them to do something. I've been a mama bear before. I've had a coach moment that wasn't so pretty. I'm just saying, I confess. But we get mad when someone else tells them to do something, right? We get mad when the teacher calls them out. And so, friends, God wants us to learn obedience because obedience is not something just for children. Obedience is not something just when we're training a puppy dog, right? Obedience is a lifestyle that, as Christian people, we've got to live. It's obedience is essentially walking in the Spirit. That is what walking in the Spirit is. What's walking in the Spirit? It's obedience. You was paying attention. It's obedience, guys. We have to obey. And so right now, I want to talk about a few things on what walking in the Spirit means. Okay? So number one, say number one, walking in the Spirit means obeying, we already established that, But obeying when it's time to go. Say go. Go. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. If you're seasoned in this place, you know this. If you're not, this is a foundational scripture that you should know. This is called what a lot of theologians call it, the Great Commission. This is what it's titled. And it's found, again, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And we're going to read it together. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Say go. (laughs) Go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, this is called the Great Commission. A lot of people say it's the great commission, not the great submission, or not the great suggestion. <laughs> Actually, it is submission, um, but it's also the great commission, okay? And so it's not something that that Jesus took lightly. This was the last thing he said before he ascended to the, to the Father in heaven. So this is serious, friends. We are called to go and to share the good news and to make disciples and to know that he is with us always. And so following the Spirit's leading when it comes to go, I'm going to break down three things that are really important, and following the Spirit's. Uh, leading when he tells us to go. So a few things the Spirit always leads us to do. Number one, share the gospel. Say share the gospel. The gospel simply means the good news of Jesus with others. We're supposed to go and share the gospel. We should never be ashamed to talk about our faith with others. This is the thing. Our our faith is personal, but it's not private. We should always share with others. A lot of times we, we have this thing in our culture that our faith is just, it's it's so personal that we think it's private. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so intimate that that it's it's just for me. I don't need to share it with others. But that's, the thing is, the faith should be, your faith should be personal. You should have a personal relationship with God. But when you have a personal relationship with God, you can't help but follow what he tells us to do. And the last thing he said before sending back to the Father was to go. So you have to share it with others because you just can't help it. And when you're so full of God, sometimes it just, it just comes out. You just it, it just is what it is. See the need represents the call. Jesus said, "Go, so go. go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. But we need to start at home. I, and we need to start in our own communities. we need to start in our own workplace in our own families. Um, we have this thing again with our generation and, and, and younger where we have this thing that our faith is personal, and so you shouldn't share. And we should, give, we should let our children choose everything. And, and there's people who are, like, super anti-raising your kids in church because they're, like, that's forcing them to become something. And they have to get old enough to make it. I mean, that's, like, a, a big thing that's out there. I don't know if you guys know that, but that's a big thing that's out there. And one of my pastor friends just had um, their, their child, uh, their, their daughter baptized, and, and she's old enough to make that decision for herself. And somebody was on his um Facebook and, and I was bored and I was creeping that day. And I happened to see the picture and someone made a comment like, you know, that you basically that that I can't believe you had your, you know, this kid get baptized. Or are they old enough to make that choice? Did you also teach them about, you know, other religions, and the Buddhist faith, and this, and this and this and this? And and the pastor's answer was brilliant. I wanted to just like standing oh like dude I have my respect for you just went way up because instead of getting an attitude like I would have gotten like how are you coming to my family telling me what to do that's that probably would have been my natural reaction a little feisty if you can't tell (laughs) <laughs> and so, but he like stood, he kind of took a step back and he started asking the woman about herself and, and she had a lot of hurt from, um, from church and from, from legalism and from her parents and, and she got into some crazy stuff, some witchcraft and some other whatever. And so what happened was he began to ask her about her, her defenses went down and then he said, I did give my um, child a choice. The kind of choice I gave her is I showed her what Jesus did for me. And I gave her the choice, do you want the same thing? (sighs) Friends, we're to go. But as we are walking out the door to share the gospel with others, let us not forget our own children. Let us not forget our grandchildren. Let us not forget our nieces and nephews. Let us not forget our parents. Because guess what? Sometimes kids get saved first. Pastor Earl and Renee, guess how they came to know the Lord? Their daughter Paige. She got picked up on the church bus. And now they've been living for the Lord. They were on crack and all kinds of drugs and all kinds of craziness at that time um, or just coming off of it. And that's when their daughter got on the church bus and invited them into a relationship with God. And so no matter who's in your circle of influence, matter if you're the matriarch or patriarch or if you're the young child, you have a circle of influence and you can share the gospel and you should start with sharing it with those who are closest to you first. But after that, guess what, friends? We need to take it out we need to take it out to others i remember when i was a children's pastor back in the day we used to go um especially in the beginning of the school, and we would hit the different public schools, and we would go pray over the flag po- poles. We, we were extreme. We were like, we're not going to just do it on, uh, there's a thing called in September called See You at the Pole, and that's like the one time a year that all these people come together and they pray. We were like, no, we're doing it every week, man. That's like how we rode. And so we would come up to the school, and this is elementary, right? And this little boy saw us, and he was like, oh, no, that's my crazy pastors, and he darted. He knew we were coming up to pray, and he did not want to be associated with the Jesus freaks that day. (laughs) And so he darted and was, like, hiding behind a bush or something. I can't remember exactly. It was so long ago. But I remember calling out his name and, and saying, don't forget the scripture that Jesus says that if we're ashamed of him in front of men, that he will be ashamed of us in front of our father. I told a child that, yes, I did. He was old enough to know better. He was a, a, probably fifth and sixth grade, uh, had Christian parents. I'm like, oh, I called him out. Yes, I did. I'm that, kind of, I'm that kind of family member and neighbor and friend that I'm so old school. Like if I see someone else's child act up, I, I like correct them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I expect, I, I expect others, they're going to do it to mine too, and I know when the mama bear comes up, let it down, because you're the same way, Joy, <laughs> right, and so the little kid, you know, I guess that's what he needed to hear, because he was like, I'm like, it's okay, buddy, I know, man, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's hard, but he came over, and he joined us, and he prayed, and this is the thing, friends, sometimes it's hard, sometimes we feel like we might be rejected, Sometimes we might feel like we might be insulted. Sometimes we might feel like just intimidated. Well, how can once they know, then, then there's going to be a higher expectation of my life. Yup, there is. Because once they know, there is a higher expectation set on your life. But it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. It just means you are a work in progress, friends. We got to go. Say, we got to go. We got to go. We got to share the gospel. But this is the thing. Not only do we have to share the gospel We have to share the gospel in a way that makes disciples, say makes disciples. To be a disciple of Jesus is to be a follower, a learner, an imitator of Jesus. To be a disciple is to put the claims of Christ first in all things, literally in all things. So that Christ is always first. And when people do that, when the local church does that, amazing things happen. This is the thing. You can't make disciples if you yourself are not A disciple how can you make a disciple how can you encourage someone else to be a student of the word or to to be a follower of Christ if you yourself are not following Christ and studying his word a disciple means student friends God wants us you don't get out of school once you graduate not with God you're always going to be a student and so we have to make disciples this is what I like to encourage people um, we used to have this thing that we would did early on in our in our church plant at South Toledo, and we might need to bust it back out again. We called it the Paul and Timothy Report, and we encouraged different leaders. This is what you do. If Paul was the apostle, but Paul had, uh, he was a mentor to Timothy. He didn't just know it himself. He poured into Timothy, and everyone should have somebody, no matter what stage you're at, in Christ. No matter if you've only been saved six months, bring somebody else along. You've been saved six years. You've been saved 60 years. You should be pouring into somebody like Paul did Timothy. But Paul also had a Barnabas. That was his road dog. That was his his, uh, ride and die kind of friend. That was the one that went with him on some of the different missionary journeys. He had somebody that was a pair. We should all have somebody that's on our level, that's iron that sharpens iron that helps in making our discipleships and then we should we should all seek after our Paul we should seek after somebody who would be a mentor, that would be a spiritual coach, if you will, that would be uh, a spiritual father or mother in our life. And so that helps us make disciples because it can't just be about you pouring out if you're not being poured into. And, and so there's that level that I like to teach people in discipleship because sometimes we find ourselves getting burned out if you're always the one who's, who's at the answer of everybody's crisis. You find yourself getting burned out, right? And, and if you have no one pouring into you, But also, if you only have people pouring into you and you're not pouring out, man, it is so easy to get lazy. It's so easy to just be like so spiritually uh, full that it's it's like after you have a big old dinner and you can't hardly move. Josh and I did a wedding this weekend, and one of our our close um, friends, and we went out to eat. It was just a small little ceremony. We went out to eat afterwards and went to the first time to city barbecue. You guys ever heard of that? My husband did me dirty. So we walked into this place, and, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, have you ever been? I was like, no, it's my first time. He was, oh, sweet, you get a free, I guess you get a free drink. And Josh was like, yeah, I've been before. I'm like, really? Oh, you've been here before? And I'm like, oh, he, you know, probably because, you know, sometimes we have pastor meetings around the city, and sometimes I, I skip them sometimes, like if I have something else going on. And Josh is more faithful at attending these said, Oh, so I'm just assuming. Oh, so it's probably one of those, right? He was like, no, actually, I came here with your dad. I said, oh, oh, really? So my two favorite men in my life Came to this amazing place without me, you know? So I'm giving them a hard time or whatever. So so I, I was not a salad-eating chick that day, okay? So I'm like, okay, they've already went. I've never, I've never been before, you know? And so even though I was in a suit, I, I, I threw down. I got two meats and two sides, and they told me I had to get the peach cobbler. Now, I couldn't finish it all. I did get a box for all you who are judging right now, okay? But... <laughs> I ate enough that I was so full, it was hard to walk afterwards. Right? How many of you have ever like, Thanksgiving is coming up, that you just ate so much that it's hard to even move. You almost want to go into a coma, like a turkey coma afterwards. Come on, someone shake your hand at me. You know you've been there. Well, listen, that is how it is in the American church. We get fed so much. We have preaching every Sunday. We have if we miss it, oh well, watch it online, listen it online. Every podcast you can think of, there is more Christian books. I mean, there's Christian bookstores. Come on, friends. I mean, there's so many tools available for you. See, back in the day, people would die to be able to read the Bible because it wasn't translated in their language. Now we have it on our smartphones for free. Even when I came into this, I had to spend at least 60 bucks on getting a good Bible. Now we can get it for free and get every translation available, every commentary. We Have so much knowledge right now that we are spiritually full. Because if you do not exercise your faith, friends, you can go into a spiritual coma. Oh, and you think you're saved because, oh. But you can't hardly even move. And this series is about what? Walking in the spirit, friends. God's calling us to move. And so we got to make sure. We've got to make sure that we're sharing it with other people. are sharing it with our family. We've got to make sure that in that, that we're abiding in Christ. So I want to ask you this today. Are you obeying when he says go? Are you obeying when he says go? Walking in the spirit means obeying when he says go. Walking in the spirit also means obeying when he says no. Oh, I rhymes. Yes, I did. I kind of feel like a little bit of a, a Dr. Seuss anointing on this sermon. Just wait up. It's going to it's get better. I promise. It's going to get better. <laughs> Obeying when the answer is no. Someone say no. no. Someone say no again. Say no. no. I'm asking you to say it a couple of times because no one likes to hear that word. Come on. No one likes to be told no. You guys have heard, I've, I've told you before, my testimony of, of uh, Josh feeling like he just is called into my life to crucify my flesh and to tell me no every once in a while. I, c- I can't stand it. He said, I was spoiled as a child. I said, I turned out okay. We've already started shopping some Christmas presents and getting some things, and I want to get everything that my kids ask for. I want to find a way. Like, they want it. Let's get it. And Josh was like, no, they're, they're going to be okay. They don't need everything on their list. I'm like, that, that's who I am. I'm like, I want to, like, run in a, whatever they want. Let's do it. I was like, i got everything I want. Look at me. I turned out great. He was like, mm. he just gave me a look, you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> this is the thing, sometimes we need to be told no, and it's not easy, but no is not rejection. Sometimes, friends, no is protection. We must say no to the flesh in order to walk in the Spirit. See, the Bible con- uh, contrasts walking in the Spirit with walking in the flesh. To walk in the flesh is a natural state of human beings. It means to allow your own ideas, your own opinions, your own perceptions to govern your words, decisions, and actions. It's even sometimes just trying to figure it out on your own. See, to walk in the Spirit means to allow the Spirit of God to govern, say govern, your words, decisions, and actions. This is the thing, friends, when we get saved, we remove ourselves as the king of of our heart, and we ask Christ to be our new king. That means he rules, reigns, and he governs. We are now governed by the Holy Spirit. But there's this thing called the flesh that that just likes to rise up and still want us to do what it wants to do. And it's strong. Sometimes we're trying to cast a demon out, friends, but sometimes we just got to put that flesh in submission. And so I'm going to read this because this goes with this whole series that we're talking about walking in the Spirit. We need to walk in the Spirit, but that means we need to not walk in the flesh. And so here in Galatians 5, 16 and 23, um, I'm going to read some of this stuff and then we're going to go in later on in the sermon and a little bit more of Galatians 5. So it says this So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you would not gratify the desires of the flesh. Hmm. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the ser- Spirit, you are not under the law. Give me, I'll give you an example. Some of you have maybe have been in an argument before with your spouse. Let's just, I know that we're sanctified and we love Jesus up in here, but let's just imagine maybe you've been in an argument before. I already know about y'all because my husband said, the more I get to know my girl over here, he said, she is a five-foot blonde you, Joy. That's what Kristen is. So, Paul, I feel your pain. (laughs) So, listen, we can imagine that we could get in an argument, right? When that happens, the spirit says it's not that important. Peace is more important than this fight. But the flesh says, I'm getting the last word because I'm right. Right? Come on. Is it just me? Got to have the last word. That means if you have the last word, that means you won the argument. But not really. So my husband says, you could be 100% right in what you say and 100% wrong in the way you say it. I'm like, oh, you and your sayings are so annoying. But I was right. But I was wrong. Oh, friends. We got to put that flesh in submission. And this is what the Bible says in Acts or excuse me, in Galatians 5.19, it says the acts of the flesh are obvious. It's obvious when you're in the flesh, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven what is he saying he's saying that if we don't crucify our flesh if we live I'm not talking about an occasional sin that you you fall into and that you have to repent and, and ask no we all stumble in many ways okay but I'm talking about when you live there when you walk there when you camp out in the flesh the Bible says you ain't entering entering into the kingdom of heaven that's serious friends that's like whoa that's serious we've got to put the flesh in submission to the spirit. See, when we're, a lot of times people lose what salvation means because they just say, I got saved. But the Bible actually says you were born again. That's how the Bible, that's how Jesus describes salvation when he, in John 3, when he's talking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus was like, what do you mean I get born again? He was a religious um, uh, guy, and he was educated, and so, of course, he's trying to analyze, well, what do you mean you get born again? Like, am I supposed to crawl back up in my mom and be born again? I mean, like, he was, like, taking it literal, like, what do you mean? And he, and Jesus said this. He said, uh, flesh gives it birth to flesh. You were One time you were born, you know, from water, right, when a, a woman, I don't have to give you guys a, a lesson, you guys understand when the water breaks, the baby's coming, right? But now, he says, spirit gives birth to spirit. We, when we're born again, now our spirit man, our inner being is born again. When we were, when we were first born as a child, we were born with a spirit man that is dead, friends, because of original sin, because of, uh, of Adam and Eve, okay? We were born, our spirit man uh, the, was not alive, it was dead, But it is born again when we receive Jesus. He comes and he just, he brings it alive. That's what salvation, that's the beginning of salvation. That's when you're born again. I was saved, I am saved, I'm being saved. That's how I look at it. He who stands firm to the end will be saved. But we have to understand we need to be born again. And the only way we're born again is if we allow the spirit to do its work. And so that means when that spirit man is born again, that means the flesh has got to die. It cannot be in control anymore, and so sometimes we've got to learn to say no, say no again. See, friends, God has called us to walk in the Spirit, and one uh, expository notes of the Greek word here for walk could be best explained by thinking of a person who has walked one path so habitually that he would be able to walk that path blindfolded because it is his path, his fear. His place where he habitually lives and functions. God wants us to be so familiar in the spirit that that is our normal habitat. That when we step out and we're in the flesh, it's like being in a foreign country. When all these things I just write about, debauchery and jealousy and fits of rage, when all those things, that when we step into that, we we realize that that is not, that's not where we live. That's not our habitat. That's not where we normally walk. Where we normally walk is in the spirit. God is calling us to take the high road, friends, to walk the high road. So resolve in your heart today to make the path of the Holy Spirit the place where you live, work, and function. And don't let it be a place where you occasionally just visit. It needs to be the place we live and walk and have our being. Amen? So obeying means it, we have to go at times. Obeying also means we got to be okay When the Spirit says no, when the answer is no, sometimes the Spirit says, keep your mouth shut. He says that a lot to me. (laughs) We got to obey. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, no, I don't really want you to go over in that place. We got to obey. And also, walking in the Spirit means obeying, sometimes means taking it slow. Say slow. Oh, y'all, I told you it's getting better. Just hold on. It's going to get better, I promise. Obeying means taking it slow. Oh, if you are like me and you are like fast paced, taking it it's slow is not always easy. I I I like to go fast. As a matter of fact, when Josh and I first got married <laughs> and we would slow dance together, he would say, Woman, and I, my husband has a lot of rhythm. And he would say, Hun, woman, listen, you gotta slow down and let me lead. You are leading. I'm like and, and, and I was leading like a beat too quick, too. But he's like, you're leading, and you got to slow down so that I can lead. And so he actually kind of had to teach me how to dance because I wanted to lead. And I, that wasn't my spot. He was the man. I was supposed to let him lead. And so I was thinking about that yesterday, and I haven't thought about that in a long time. And I felt like the Lord said, that is how some of us are in the church. We want to go, 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 go. And sometimes the Spirit says go, and we need to go. But sometimes the spirit says no, and we need to be okay when the answer is no. And sometimes the spirit says, slow, slow down. I want you to go, but you're not going on your own. I need a lead. I need a lead. See, that's when I make that pause in that face. That's where it's supposed to come. Well. (laughs) Sometimes the spirit says, slow your row." Another Greek uh, scholar suggests the best way to translate walk in the Spirit from Galatians 5.16 is to stroll in the Spirit. I'll oh, best believe if I would have came up with that first, this would have been called strolling in the Spirit. But Josh probably would have rejected it. <laughs> stroll in the Spirit. I love it. See, because to stroll is to leisurely walk. A person who strolls is not an anxious, frustrated person who is fighting to do something or to get somewhere, whether he is restful, relaxed, unhurried, peaceful and calm. There's a, a, a woman that ha- I have been friends with for some years, and she said, let's get together. And I said, okay, well, you know, my schedule was like right before banquet, right before school started, and I, was, I had a really busy schedule. I said, okay, we, I want to get together with you, but this is, this is where, where I'm at right now, so if you want to get together with me, how about you join me on one of my walks? And she was like, okay, I can do that. And so we met early in the morning, and I'm, like, geared up. I got my underarmor on. I, I got my walking shoes. hair's <laughs> back in the pony, you know. We're ready to go. I'm ready to go. And she comes out of the car, and she's, like, super cute. She's got, like, some little Toms on and, and like, some jeans like me. It's all destroyed. And, and, like, this cute little outfit and, like, a little mini book bag. Like, not one that's, like, useful but, like, one that's, like, just stylish. And, and, and her makeup was, like, full-fledged on. Her hair was done. And I looked at her and I said, I said we were going to go for a walk. What are you doing? She was like, oh, I thought you meant, like, a stroll. I said, girl, you want to take a long walk by the, by the river with me? Okay, I got you. And so we, we took a stroll, but I just remember, I remember that, and I thought, man, that is how it is. Sometimes we're just like, we're ready to go. We're like, we got our exercise clothes on. We're ready to run. And, and the Holy Spirit's like, hold up. Walking in the Spirit, it means taking a stroll. It means being unhurried. Oh, dear Jesus. How many of us are so busy we need to learn to be unhurried in life? Come on. I mean, we are rushing through every season that we're missing things. We're missing things. And I'm telling you, I'm guilty. Come on, brother, my brother from another mother. We're the same in this way. I'm missing things. It's like I I get married. It's like, okay, you know, I'm not enjoying this part because it's time to move on to the next season and and get pregnant. And then then we're pregnant. And it's like, okay, I cannot wait to have this baby. Come on. And then you you have the baby. You're like, oh, dear Jesus. Like, cannot wait till this baby can like crawl and then walk and feed himself and then they become teenagers and you're like oh I just miss when you was a baby and you used to just let me hold you right we rush through every season of life don't we in the American culture we don't know what it means to be unhurried my um mentor she is (laughs) she is like um goes to Jamaica all the time and mission trips she's she's like a spiritual mom over there I mean she um she just really and she really ministers the people just love her over there and she's, oh, she's constantly going on these trips. And she told me that, um, one of the, uh, Westerners that she took with her to the trip had a conversation with a man in, in Jamaica and, and just like, he felt sorry for this man because, you know, cause we judged him from our American mindset. And so she said that, that, that the guy was like, you know, well, you're, you're, you know, you're poor and, and, and you're going, you know, how, you know, you're in poverty and your house isn't, the, you know, you don't have, you know, a five-bedroom house and a two-car garage and, and, you know, he's living in like, in like a shack and, you know, type thing. And he just felt really bad for the guy. And he said, she said, my Jamaican friend said, I have what you guys work really hard for your whole life right now. I live by the beach. I go fishing every day. He's like, I love, my life is relaxed. I have what you work. I have the retired life that you work your boat off for for 50 years before you can, and then you want to move here and have what I already have. And I said, wow, what a perspective shift. Because we we judge people from what we think should should be, right? But he said... I don't want that hurried lifestyle. I don't want that busy lifestyle. I don't want that lifestyle that you work so much that you haven't been seeing your wife all week, that you haven't been able to even talk to your children. I don't want that life, that American lifestyle. I'm good with what God called me to do right here. And friends, we can learn a lot from some of our, our Christian friends in the third world co- countries. We can learn about family and the importance of, of enjoying the season without having to rush to the next one join where God has us at right now. Some of us need to learn to stroll in the spirit. Come on, somebody. See, following the Holy Spirit oftentimes means we need to slow down and take time to hear what he's saying. We need to slow down and listen. We need to slow down and really hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. So God wants us to... Walk in the spirit, which means obeying when it's time to go. It means obeying when the answer is no. It means learning to slow down. Obeying when it's time to slow down. And then finally, I want to talk about when you walk in the spirit, obedience, and you walk in obedience, obeying always causes us to, say it with me, friends, grow. We're rhyming today. It causes us to grow always. When you obey, when you walk in obedience, you will grow. My husband says this, the moment you stop saying yes to God is the moment you stop growing. See, the Holy Spirit can tell us no, but we can't tell. We can, but when we tell the Holy Spirit no, we stop growing. The moment we stop saying yes to God is the moment we stop growing. When we got on fire for God, when we were 18, 19 years old, there was a whole bunch of us at that time that got on fire. And there's some of us, um, there's some of us in that group of friends that uh, really hardly any of us are in the same place. God has taken us all over the place, different planting churches at different places, um, uh, different states even, uh, all around some are missionaries. But then there also are some that said started saying no and They're back where they were 20 years ago. Because the moment we stop saying yes to God is the moment we stop growing. See, Jesus said it like this in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, if you want to grow in God, then you must live a life of obedience. That's what we're talking about the whole time, obedience. See, this is a process, and we have to learn it. We have to be okay with making mistakes. My friend just gave um, a, a, a talk to some entrepreneurs about uh, the importance of failing, uh, making failures and messing up. And she said, it's not failure, it's, it's not failing, it's finding. And I love that because sometimes when we mess up and things don't go good, we just get so beat up with ourselves. When, when, when Sometimes things fail. Sometimes our health fails. Sometimes our marriage fails. Sometimes life just happens. But, friends, don't look at it as just failing. Look, look at it as finding because the Spirit still wants to grow you, even through your trials, even through your hard times. See, those who walk in the Spirit would do so daily. Say daily. It's a moment-by-moment choice for holiness. We can know that we're walking and growing in the Spirit if our lives are showing the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, that we've been at this whole time, we move on in in verse 22 and 23, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is a thing, friends. The fruit of the Spirit, it's not a gift. It's a fruit. It's not just given to you. It's grown. It's grown. It takes time. Sometimes we just start with a little seed, but it takes time. I want to encourage you, I have really sensed, and I want to speak prophetically for just a moment, so tune in. I have sensed that there has been, um, over this local body, there's been kind of like, like the momentum has been sucked out a little bit, and that, that people are really struggling, and uh, it's all kinds of things. But friends, know that in your struggle is a time that God wants to grow you the most, in your struggle, sometimes when it's the hard times that we, we lean into God more, it's in the hard times that we really can grow, and it's in the hard times that when you start walking in the fruit of the Spirit, even though you don't feel like it, even though you had a bad day, but you still put on joy, you still put on kindness, you still put on love, you, even though you don't feel like it, but you're still patient, you're still forbearing with one another, that is when you grow the most, friends. And so it's okay to be in a season of testing. It's okay to be in a season where, where you're growing. It's a beautiful thing. Would you stand to your feet with me, please? What is the Spirit saying to you today? Think about that for a minute. If you want to walk in the Spirit, the walk in the Spirit is a walk of obedience. Sometimes the Spirit might be saying, it's time to go. Some of you guys need to get, get out of your comfort zone, and you need to share Jesus with someone else. And maybe the Lord saying, man, it's time for you to make some disciples. It's time for you to share the good news with somebody else. Maybe the Spirit is telling you it's time to go. Evangelism is not just for the person that has the name evangelist. Evangelism is for the whole church. It's for every single one of us. The Great Commission is not just for certain special people. No, friends, it's for, it's for all of us, for those who are far off, those who are going to even come behind us. It is a commandment from God to go and share the good news with others and to make disciples. So some of you in here might be in a place that you know that you just need the Holy Spirit to come on you because you need a little bit more boldness to help you go. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand? If you feel like God is telling you to go and you've just been kind of stuck in a place, thank you. There's some of us in here, and I really feel this one. There's some of us in here that the Holy that we have to learn to be okay when the Holy Spirit says no. There are some of us in here that are in a season of dying to your flesh. <laughs> it's not easy, but it's good. If you're in a season that you feel like, man, it's time to just crucify that flesh, would you raise your hand before the Lord? Would you raise the hand before the Lord? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And there's some of us in here today that God is saying, and the Spirit is saying, would you allow me to teach you to be unhurried, to stroll in the Spirit? Some of you need to slow down and take time to be In his presence is that you today would you raise your hand thank you thank you thank you and then friends all of us in this place are here to grow don't even have to raise your hand for that all of us are called to grow if you raise your hand i would love to pray for you you could just come on up right up here and just kind of line up and i'm going to pray for you because the holy spirit really he's just his his presence is just so powerful in this place today just thank the lord Come on and line on up. And as my friends are coming on up here, if you're a part of our prayer team, if you could help me pray with some people, that would just be awesome. If you could just come and maybe stand behind some people, maybe just help me, help me out here. If you're if you're someone that I, I normally call on to come pray, would you would you come on up here and help me out? And we're going to just lead into another song of worship. And guess what, friends? We're going to be unhurried about this, okay? We're going to take our time. And so even if you didn't come up here, this could be someone that you know and love. Could you just pray even in your seat that God would minister to people in this place? And we're going to, we're going to sing another song of worship together.